Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. For a third time, we return to these opening verses of 1 Thessalonians. Uh, As we prepare to come to these words again, let us join together in prayer. God of the universe, the bold claim of our faith is not simply that you exist, but that in grace you choose to speak to us. We are here, O God. We are listening. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Let us listen. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, and God the Father, and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, your labor of love, and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters beloved by God, that He has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know, what kind of persons we prove to be among you for your sake. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. So several years ago now, when we were pulling this Welcome Center up out of the ground, building this, building this Welcome Center here just outside these windows, the contractors, they brought a long steel beam, and they put it on some sawhorses out here. It was just, a, at the time, just a concrete poured floor. And they invited us as the congregation to sign our names on that beam. You might remember, some of you might have done that and remember doing that. After the beam was covered in signatures, they took it and they placed it in the structure, and it is the beam that, that is over the entrance doors of the Welcome Center so that when you enter into this building... They're names of the faithful that are in the walls. You can't see them there anymore, but it's good to remember that they are there. Some of you, uh, or his name is, is on that beam, and some who signed it all those years ago have gone on to glory. But we're surrounded by the names of the faithful. Their names are in the walls. They often feel that way when I come here, that the names of the faithful are all around that we're not alone. There's a whole cloud of witnesses, as the writer of Hebrews says. There's a whole community that is there inspiring, encouraging, praying for us in this season of our own faith. And one thing we know in our bones, if we're going to be a people of hope in this world, 
We're going to need some encouragement. We're going to need some inspiration along the way. Because every day, every single day, the world can break your heart. Every day the world brings news that makes it makes us want to give up hope, to give up hope that goodness can thrive, to give up hope that the better angels of our neighbors can emerge. Paul knows that to live defined by hope takes grit, it takes courage, it takes persistence. Hope requires taking the long view. And to do that, we need inspiration and encouragement. While every day can bring bad news, disheartening news, the truth is every day there are also, there are also moments of inspiration and encouragement and grace and sacrificial love. And sometimes what we need to do as people of faith is just pay attention, just to see it there. May the 27th of 1992 in Sarajevo, a mortar exploded in the middle of the city. It was a common occurrence in what had been Yugoslavia was crumbling under ethnic divisions. Old hatreds and injuries rushed to the surface. The mortar fell on a line of people standing at a bakery. They were there to get bread for the day. Hundreds were injured. Twenty-two lost their lives. Vedran Smailovic was the cellist in the Sarajevo Philharmonic Orchestra. The next day, May 28, 1992, he dressed in his formal garb. He carried his cello to that bomb crater, that mortar crater, still stained with blood. He sat down and he played Abenoni's Adagio in G minor. The next day, he dressed again, carried his cello back to the crater, and played it one more time, varying his times to avoid sniper fire. He returned to the bomb crater 22 days in a row to play Abenoni's Adagio in G minor. It was an act of hope. It was an act of defiance, creating something beautiful in the face of horror. It was holding on to a dream of peace, even when the threats of mortar were part of every day. He forced beauty into a place of atrocity to insist that evil will not last forever, that pain will pass, that tomorrow can be a new day, not just today lived over again. It was persistent, and he took the long view not letting the realities of the day define how he lived, but letting his hope define how he lived. Paul says, I thank God for your steadfastness of hope. There is no other kind. Hope always requires taking the long view because if we can fix it today, we don't need hope. If we can make it right now, hope is not a requirement. Hope is that which stands in the face of all that has gone wrong and insists that life can be kinder, healthier, holier, more just and humane.
Theologian Reinhold Niebuhr said it this way, nothing that is worth doing can be achieved in our lifetime. Nothing that is really worth doing can be achieved in our lifetime. Therefore, we must be saved by hope. Niebuhr understood the long view that hope takes. And it is that way because the faith that we profess and share, it's about big things. It's about small things too, but, but ultimately the faith that we profess and share is about justice rolling down like waters, as the Scripture says, about, about everything that has gone wrong being made right. It's about swords being beaten into plowshares, as the Scripture says. It's about about that day when someday it'll just make more sense to us to feed one another than to kill one another. It's, it's about redemption being real. It, it's about all of God's children being treated as God's children. To be a people of enduring hope, we do not expect that life to come today. I don't. I'm with neighbor. Those things that are really worth doing, we probably won't see in our lifetime. So we are saved by hope. And hope means that even though we may not see it, every day is a day to live toward that promise day. We have said that faith is work because it's not just a matter of what we think, but it shows up in our choices. We've said that love is a labor because it's not about simply what we feel, but it's about how we treat one another. Hope also is persistent. It endures. It's robust because it's not just an attitude. It's a practice. Hope endures because it's a discipline. Vedran Smailovic didn't just wish that peace would come. He brought the beauty he knew how to bring as a foretaste of that peace, as a, as a visible expression of our better angels. He lived his hope. Paul said to the Thessalonians, I thank God for the endurance that is generated by your hope. Let me tell you a little bit about the Thessalonians. Hope was a requirement if they were going to be the church at all. Uh, Paul's ministry, Paul's ministry began about 33 CE and lasted until about 58 CE, about 25 years. And all the letters that he wrote, he wrote in the last seven or eight years of his ministry, with 1 Thessalonians being the first, so written about 50 A.D. And in that time, what was going on in the Roman Empire is missionaries, Christian missionaries, had gotten as far as Rome and were proclaiming that Jesus was the risen Messiah. What we know is that not everyone accepted that, and their immersed attention within the Jewish community primarily, Jewish followers of Jesus, and Jews who did not follow Jesus, and that tension being a religious thing 
resulted in riots. They were at each other. Well, the Roman emperor, Claudius, would tolerate no unrest in Rome, and so he responded to this by just expelling all Jews, followers of Jesus and not, expelled all Jews, and that tension began to spread around the empire. Uh, New Testament scholar Eugene Boring says, it's likely that some of those refugees, some of those exiled from Rome, found their way to Thessalonica and the tensions were high there in Thessalonica, which means that the people to whom Paul writes this letter are having a theological argument that splits families. Jesus is the Messiah, he is not. But also, the Roman Empire is now beginning to look at followers of Jesus, to use language we would use today, as a national security threat. Within a few years, Nero would become the emperor. And perhaps you remember Nero's history of persecuting and putting to death Christians. So for the Thessalonians, the very act for them to gather together, the very act of them sharing the sacrament, the, the very practice of inviting men and women, Jews and Gentiles, slave and free, to come and eat at the same table was risky. Maybe risky enough they would lose their lives. To practice just being the church required taking the long view that the Lordship of Jesus Christ would come in all its fullness someday, not today, but someday, taking the long view. Well, we clearly live at a different time. We do. But we still need our lives to be shaped by hope. And one of the ways we practice it, we practice it the way they did. We gather, we share the sacrament, we welcome one another. But we're also generous. Today's our stewardship dedication Sunday. Pledging is an act of hope. It's an act of gratitude, too, for all that God has done for us. It's an act of gratitude, but it's really an act of hope, for we trust that the God who has been our help in ages past will be our hope for years to come, and we tie ourselves to that commitment. And we baptize some children today, some precious, wonderful children. And we don't know what all they'll become, the great things they will do in this world. We don't know that yet, but we know this. They're going to need a church. They'll need a community of people committed to the work of faith and the labor of love and the steadfastness of hope. That's why your generosity matters. You know this. During this past couple of hard years. One of the things we have continued to do is to provide food for people in our community who depend on us to have food to eat. Just like this week, we're doing Thanksgiving baskets for hundreds of families. And we have provided as basic as shelter, for we have far too many of our neighbors who are on the streets. If you were here last week, you heard Carl Wu talk about the difference you're making in ministry among the homeless. 
And we have endeavored to be a place of joy and friendship, something we've recognized with new eyes how important it is to be in relationship with one another. And we stood with people in the darkest hours when grief has come with a vengeance and broken hearts. We have baptized little ones, and we've promised that we'll be a place where these little ones can grow up and know that they are loved by God and by us. We have expanded our ministry in one way is right now we have people live streaming this service from all across the nation. What I'm saying is... We've been persistent in being the church, and you're making it happen, and you should be proud of that. We've been persistent in trying to be a faithful witness to the love and grace of Jesus Christ, trying to live toward that promised day when all will be made right, and that work of endurance is fed by our hope that Jesus Christ is Lord and love reigns. But it's not always easy because if if it could all be achieved today, it wouldn't require hope. Hope Hope is a disposition of defiance, to refuse to accept the status quo as all that can be. I mentioned to you that to hold on to our hope. All of us, we find ourselves in seasons where we need some encouragement, we need some inspiration, and we most often find that in the hope lived by other people, by the names on the wall or by the names in your heart. Let me share with you a few names that have inspired me. Last, last weekend, we had a session retreat And part of the purpose of that gathering of your officers and leaders was to welcome those who will join session in January to begin a a three-year period of service. People you have elected, Laura Ann Bowen, Carrie Craig, Jennifer Dirks, Jennifer Hart, Jeff Hutzel, Kathy Ray, Henry Sewing, Bob Wilhelm, Ron Witzke, and Ella Stewart is our youth elder. Uh, Those of you who have been on session, at least in the time I've been here, know that what I do at that retreat is I ask each of these new officers to share some of their own faith story. It's inspiring. It's encouraging. It's honest. It's an opportunity to get to know something about a person that you don't always get an opportunity to get to know. Henry Sewing talked to us with honest candor about a hard time in his life. Henry joined Brian Smith, Steve Smith, and Mike Norris to serve as mentors for some young guys in the Ivanhoe neighborhood. They started this 10 or 12 years ago. They got these guys when they were late elementary school, and they started spending time with them, being a positive influence in their lives. And Henry said, toward the end of the 10 years, they were spending almost every weekend with these guys. They loved him. But then a couple of years ago, Antonio, one of the guys in the group, 19-year-old kid, a good young man, college-bound, he, like far too many in our city, became a victim of gun violence 
died senselessly, needlessly, killed at 19 years old. And then another kid in the group experienced the same. And Henry said, for a while it was more than I could handle. It was too much. I loved these guys and they were gone. And life just moved on like it didn't matter. He said, it shook my faith. I had a lot of questions for God to see these guys whom he and Mike and Steve and Brian didn't just mentor. They loved them and to lose them so senselessly was too much. But that wasn't the end of his story. He said, but I have come back. I couldn't do it for a while. I was too hurt. But I've met Javon, and he's a good kid. And he needs a man in his life, and I can do that. And so I'm back at it. And because he needs me, I'm not giving up on Javon. That is the endurance that is generated by hope. Thanks be to God. This is the truth. Every day, this world can break your heart. Every single day. If we let it, it can wear us down and we can be tempted to give up. And there may be some days you do give up. But when that season comes, remember the names in the wall. Remember the names in your heart. Look around. Pay attention because every day they can break your heart. There are also also expressions of inspiration and sacrificial love and striving for justice. And there is no day when we need to give up hope. Remember, we are not alone in this. We're just a short part of a long story of God bringing redemption to this world that God loves. So even on the hard days, remember, Jesus is Lord. Remember, in this world that can break your heart every day, remember, Jesus is Lord and his love will redeem. Redemption is coming There's no day we need to give up hope. And like Paul, I give thanks to God. All the time, give thanks to God for your endurance that is generated by hope. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.